Hey, uh, hello there. So uh, today we're doing a little uh, sort of Sonic Talk impromptu special. You might remember on Sonic Talk uh, a few weeks back, we talked about the uh, story of the resonator. Uh, which was a kind of very unusual piece of technology, quite a rare piece of technology. And the Kickstarter that uh, Alison uh, Tavell, is that how I pronounce it, Alison? That's fine. Tavell, Tavell, Tavel. whatever. Alison you <laughs> you're basically making a, a documentary about the, the uh, resonator. And uh, you, in a bizarre com- coincidence, you happen to live like right up the street from uh, Tara Bush, who we have here as well, who coincidentally has just launched a major Patreon campaign. How are you, Tara? <laughs> Yes. Hello. Hi. I should probably put a <laughs> screenshot of that up there. Patreon. Yes, you can find out about Patreon at Tara's One. Patreon. And also, uh, there's the Resonator Kickstarter, which is actually doing really, really well. So um, perhaps we could kind of rewind a little bit because we did cover the story a little bit. Uh, you're Alison, you're Don Tavell's daughter. And, uh, uh, you know, we, the story is obviously, you know, he passed away when you were very, very small. And you kind of discovered that he'd been working on this stuff, right? So perhaps you could just give us a bit of that in your, in your own words. Sure, yeah. So <laughs> I grew up thinking that my dad invented the resonator. I mean, I think I found out that that wasn't true when I was about nine. And um, and But I never knew what – I knew he invented a synthesizer. Um, right. But I didn't know anything more than that. And then I started touring – not as a musician, I'm not a musician. Uh, I started working for a musician named Grace Potter. And when I was on tour with her, I just kind of felt a new inspiration to figure out what exactly it was that he invented. And so we had some time off tour and I knew that the resonator was at my grandma's house in her attic and uh, waited for that minute to get off tour and fly there and dig it out. And when I was in the attic, I was looking for a keyboard because I don't have a background in synthesizers. And I thought that keyboards were synthesizers. So um, when I found this black box with a bunch of knobs on it, I was just very confused and overwhelmed. But I found the guy that uh, my dad had worked with to build this unit. Uh, His name's Mike Beagle. He's the founder of Mutron. And he lives like two hours south of me in LA. So I was really lucky and he was super helpful and and helped me resurrect it. Yeah. I mean, not only that, but I mean, the thing about the resonator is it's actually really kind of advanced technology. I mean, it was very early DSP, which, you know, we t- massively take for granted now. So when you think synthesizers from the 70s and the, and the early 80s, you're thinking analog. But this is a kind of hybrid of both. It's a very unusual machine, right? Yeah. So my dad was really into computer uses for music and art. So he he was a musician himself. He grew up in Indiana and just wanted to figure out a way to make an instrument that he could play, I guess, is what... He was calling he's he the slogan I think at one point was for musicians by musicians. And so it was wow, that's our tagline. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's our tagline for Sonic State. How bizarre. Look at that. That's amazing. I'll see if I can find the, the old flyer that I found that on. But yeah, that was his that was his deal. So it's an instrument controlled pitch tracking synth, and it was it's an analog synthesizer, but he invented the code. Um, that tracks the pitch digitally. So it's a digital pitch tracking synth, but then it gets converted to analog. So you get the digital accuracy and you get analog sound and feel. And the the tracking is really good. It's amazing. I mean, uh, and that, you know, it's sort of gone into legend because apparently there are only sort of eight or 10 of the original racks made. So it's incredibly rare. And the fact that you found one in your grandmother's... Maybe in less, really. I mean, I, I don't know the exact number. I think it was probably less though. 
Um, because so, I know three of them went to, to Peter, which is why I was over in the UK. Right. Um, Peter Gabriel, right. And okay. I have one. And then Mike Beagle had like a half built one, which is what so now we've got two units uh built. One original and one, you know, it's still original, but it's we built it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so Tara, uh, you've, you know, as with the, the history of this project, it seems to have been that uh, throughout the, uh, throughout its project, it, you know, when it's been working, it's been put in front of musicians and you've had a, you're one of the very fortunate and lucky people to actually have a play with it. I mean, what were your first impressions? I mean, I, I, we know you're really into synth, so the chance to be able to actually play with a synth that is almost nobody has ever had a go on it's got to be great right yeah it's very satisfying <laughs> but um it's it's really um really quite versatile and i really love anything that's pitch tracking as a singer anything that can transform your voice um so it's really really a lot of fun to sing through that's the first thing i automatically did with it and then um started running drum machines through it and that was really when it the magic really kicks off because it um it really takes on a bit of a crazy character when you do that. I've never heard anything like it. It's so just this it, crazy, glitchy, totally wow. unpredictable, really, really almost uh, a collaborative feeling with a machine mm. instead of, because it's, it's a little out of control, but in a great way. So it just kind of throws sounds back at you and you turn the knobs, you know, like a synth as usual. <laughs> so, it's very unusual sounding. It tracks it, but it also it has like a couple of oscillators and some kind of shaping as well. I was very intrigued by the mm -hmm. term timbral image modulation. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of things on here that like terms that my dad just made up. And um, I mean, I guess that was probably pretty no normal. All the other synth companies probably made up their own terms for filters and stuff. But um, because this never really went anywhere, nobody's heard of these before. So the... <laughs> The ones that he made up are FXO, which is the uh, the other oscillator, the effects oscillator, and then CM synthesis, which was supposed to be like a step above frequency modulation. It's complex modulation. And then the timbral image modulator, which are, there's eight different waveforms and some of them look normal and some of them don't because I think, and I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he combined a couple different waveforms to create organic new waveforms. Um, there's an AES paper that kind of describes each shape and his intention behind each one. But the um, I have audio of my dad playing this in 1981, and it's he's playing it with the guitar, and he's going seamlessly from an oboe sound to a bassoon to a tuba to a flute to a piccolo. Like, and he's got a bunch of foot. So all of these jacks in the front panel bypass the knobs. So he he didn't even have to take his hand off the guitar. He was talking about it, playing his guitar and pushing all these foot pedals. And so he was able to just seamlessly go from one sound to another. And then like the sounds that everybody likes are the wormy synthy sounds. But back then to hear a trumpet sound like a trumpet, I think mm. would, was really cool. Right. That's really interesting. So, so Tara, I, I know you've got like a demo set up. I mean, the, the dynamics of the, the thing that interests me is it process, you know, that we, the only other thing that I know of that does this kind of thing from that era is the uh, MS-20, the Korg MS-20, which I'm, I'm sure mm -hmm. is that one you got in the corner there. I mean, that's great for singing okay, through, yep. right? The pitch tracking oh, and, uh, is very organic and unusual. I mean, yeah, you can actually make really raunchy bass lines with your voice through that. So. Absolutely. <laughs> 
So, I mean, how would you describe the the kind of the function? I mean, have you got, is that an 808 going through it at the moment? Correct. Yes. So what's it doing? Is it tracking the actual, so it's tracking, it's trying to track the pitch of the drums yeah, and yeah. the dynamics. Okay. So this is it. This is that you've got two of these guys here, right? Which is, uh, which is kind of crazy because there are only two working. So you kind of, you, you represent the entire stock level of the resonator in the yes. world at the moment. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Well, I built one i built this because of my trip to the uk so when i got the chance to meet with peter gabriel because i found out he had his company psychosystems had bought three in 1980 um i didn't want to fly all the way to the uk from here with just one working unit i mean these things break and especially if i'm flying with it a bunch and like you know mm. going through cobblestone streets and stuff yeah. i was like i i have to have a backup in case <laughs> one of them stops working. So Absolutely. I, when I found out that I was able to get over there, I like, I called up Mike Beagle and his, um, and his, uh, partner, Richard Lingenberg, who, um, just, they got together and, and figured out how to get the second one up and running for me. Nice. So now I've got two, which is great. <laughs> nice. So, okay, let's have a look at what's going on here. So you've got the 808. That's a, that's an original 808, right? Tara? Yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. Uh, okay, yeah, so temperamental start stop button. <laughs> ah, okay. So is it going to work? I don't know. It will Let's work. Look. I just have to bang it a bit. Okay. <laughs> so basically, it's um. Let's make sure it's loud enough. So, so is that the entire output going in, or just a trigger? Or... Uh huh. It is the entire output. So I'm just turning everything down. So is the pitch we're hearing there from the actual uh, oscillator that, 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 of, the, of the synth uh, of the resonator? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Well, I think it's also the pitch of the kick drum too, and I've tuned this to this. Ah, that okay. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so tuning, I think, is here. Alison could probably correct me because I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, that's the tuning. That tunes the FXO to the VCO. See? Oh, let's get a bit closer there and see what you're doing. So, and then when I bring in the hi hat, sorry, <laughs> when I bring in the hi hat, it starts to, you know, it's yeah, trying to it's, jump, it's, trying, it's trying to track the pitch, right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Bringing in other elements, like a snare. Um, with the little tip, the temporal image modulator. That's like filter, almost filter kind of. Yeah, it's like envelope filter kind of, you know? I think. And you can mess with oh the rate too. And actually, the filter sounds fucking great. I realise it's about it's about eight o'clock in the morning where you are. I hope the neighbours are, are tolerant. The neighbours are going to kill us. Oh, that sounds awesome. Right, okay. 
up. <laughs> but to me, yeah, I think the filter almost sounds a bit uh, 303-ish in a way. If you have a streaky, streaky, but warm, it's lovely. I'm sure the question that I'm going to ask almost everybody that's heard about this is going to ask is, are you going to be making it again? Uh, is it going to be something that's going to be available, right? Yeah, I've I've come across a lot of angry people being going to the Kickstarter being like, I thought I was here to purchase a synth. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe one day I'm, I'll never do a Kickstarter for that. I mean, this Kickstarter has been so, so rewarding, but so much work. But the idea is, Yes, I do want to re either re-release or reproduce resonators, either a new hardware version or a new software version or a very small run of originals. I mean, there's a lot of parts in here that they don't make anymore. So that would be it would have to be like a very limited run. But I want to get the story out there first. The reason why I have any want to reproduce these is because I've been learning about my dad and I want to do it for him. Like I want to do what he would want and yeah. I wouldn't have cared about this four years ago. So I owe it to the story and to the documentary. I want to get the story out there first and then figure out what happens. Also because the, I mean, some people know about the resonator and I'm sure would love to have it, but nobody really knows about it yet. So I want to get the story out there first and raise awareness. And then hopefully that will create a platform for me to figure out the right way to re-release them or reproduce them. Yeah, I understand. So I mean, I suppose, I mean, we're, as with kind of many classic uh, analog and sort of vintage electronica, there's this sort of heritage of, oh, that track with used it, that's the sound of it. I mean, are there, are, is there any of that in existence? Because it was so rare that very few people have actually got to use it for recording, right? Well, so there's two, when I was over there to meet with Peter, he was so awesome and had reached out to a bunch of people that used to work at Psycho Systems and also just a bunch of his friends, like asking people, do you remember this thing from the 80s? It was at the Psycho Systems demo house in London. Um, there were three of them. Does anybody remember anything? And the he reached, I don't know if it's okay to say this or not, but he reached out to Brian Eno and he he said, oh, the Psycho Resonator, I had it. I used it on a bunch of stuff and then um, and then kind of took it back and said, oh, I'm thinking of something else. So I want to get back in touch with Brian and say, like, I'm not looking to interview you or anything. I just want to know if you had one and if you did what you might have used it on. Well, you did. And then the it, other yeah. person that I did get confirmation that he had one and used it is John Anderson of Yes. I found an empty envelope uh in my dad's box uh like in in the attic um of it, it was addressed to my dad from france 1982 john anderson and so i i was always trying to get in touch with him just to see like what the correspondence was because there's no letter in the envelope it's just an empty envelope but um i got in touch with him through a friend and he said yes i had one and i used it on the <laughs> he, he said he always liked to use it on the far off days to make like big choir sounds um, but then I could never get back in touch with him to say, do you remember what songs? Do you still have it? Where did you get yours? So it's like an ongoing investigation. Um, but the, the thing is the resonator can sound like anything. And so it's really hard to pinpoint what, where it is. <laughs> what in the it, right. my, my friends, mm -hmm. um, my friend, Sam Stewart is in this band, this amazing band called low moon. It's L O M O O N. And like four years ago, the resonator had just been resurrected maybe three years ago. And I was about to go on tour 
and he was about to make his first record. And I just gave him the resonator. I said, here, use this. And, um, he and the producer, Chris Walla and, uh, this and the synth player or the bass player in the band, Chris Santa, they all use the resonator a bunch on the first low moon record. The main song that it's on is a song called thorns. And I have that song on my Kickstarter page. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with this song. This is so cool. Where is the resonator? And I like listened to it a bunch and I was like, that could be it. Or that could be it. And I, I reached out to Sam and I was like, where is the resonator? And he was like, I don't actually know. <laughs> it's in there. <laughs> but like, it's, you know, it's mixed in with all the other stuff. There's tons of cool sounds on that track yeah, and yeah, in yeah. that album. So it's, I don't know where it is. It's very hard to pinpoint. An easy song to find it is in Grace Potter's cover of David Bowie's song, As the World Falls Down, which is also on the Kickstarter page and in the teaser video. It's the last ah, okay. song you hear. It's the, it's the very first thing you hear. It's, it's the only thing you hear. And so that's, um, they did that with a guitar and it's, um, yeah. So it's very easy to hear the rest. Of the but I also, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I also have a, a like history of the resonator animated video on the page. And that does, um, that has a trumpet demo. My friend Stuart, we ran his trumpet through the resonator and it's also scored entirely using the resonator. So uh, yeah, I did ah, a, the history a, of the resonator. Right. Okay. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Brilliant. That's fantastic. The, the whole video is scored with resonator sounds that um, came from a session I did with Fred Armisen. He did vocals, guitar, drums, and bass through it. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Tara, I was going to ask you, I mean, obviously with pitch tracking stuff, one of the things that always take, you know, it's like when you start to do it with bases, things start to get a bit slow. And have you noticed that how it is for latency? Cause this is such early DSP. You can imagine, oh, you know, it might be considerable, but if it's not, that's another impressive testament to the code. Like it has some latency. I really don't. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I think, not that I notice unless it's right. something that just sounds cool and I don't realize it's latency. Yeah. I've got it. I've got it hooked up for vocals. We can also run a synth through it as well. I can just take down the um, 808 and throw the Pro One through it or something. So, Tara, you, you, is, is this is where the magic happens? Where the uh, your newly launched uh, Patreon uh, output is is all coming from? Yeah. Correct. Yes. Um, yeah. We. It, it's. Um, I've been spending a lot of time in here, <laughs> <laughs> locked away. But um, yeah. So. We do, um, with the Patreon, we put out um, a cover every month that comes out on 7-inch vinyl and digital. And we have a bunch of different tiers that people can choose from. Um, the vinyl tier is surprisingly popular. And there's also a collaborative tier where I work with people doing vocals and synths. And I've had a few people sign up for that, which is awesome. Um, so, and it's actually done really well. Like Math and I were expecting like, well, maybe our moms will sign up and yeah. be awesome. But it's mainly, yeah, it's just people, it's, that, a lot of people that we don't know and fans and it's, it's really interesting. Cool. Do, do you, have you, have you found that, I mean, that whole thing about, you know, committing to a monthly release, I mean, is that actually worse than being signed to a label? Cause you created this kind of like monster that you then have to feed yeah, it's a good monster though, because I feel like I like monsters. <laughs> but um, 
it's, it's, it's actually enforced a kind of regimen on me. And I'm someone that works really well with limitations ah, okay. instead of having, I, I need a framework. I'm basically a kindergartner or whatever the equivalent in the UK is um, infant school. You know, I just need a, <laughs> I need a really solid framework and then I can go crazy from there. But, ah, okay. Um, it's really helped us both be a lot more creative. So, and then, you know, we'll go from there, maybe, maybe release more stuff. Um, maybe more I speak machine stuff through Patreon, but we're still with Lex too. So we're kind of working all of that out. It was just a, Interesting. Really, a really good way to get things going. Um, so what have you got? What have you got plugged? What do you got plugged in here then? You plug the mic into the, uh, into the front of the, uh, resonator. Well, what's happening is I've got, I've got the mic going into the 104M Mugrafoger, yep. whatever the fucker. And, <laughs> and um, it goes in here just to boost the signal. Ah, right, um, okay. Because otherwise you really have to, it's just like the MS-20, you really have to. You've got to give it a like, line level to give it a different level. into yeah. it for it to even pick the signal up. So it goes through this first just to give it a boost. And then I'm not sure I've got this hooked up right, but I'm looking. Okay, so let me take a second and see if my output. And then when I did vocals through it for my other facebook live the yeah the synthesis was way better than the sync but okay i don't know um uh, so i think this one oh here we go I, it's starting to happen <laughs> now Oh, that's interesting. What's that like? It's like a. It's very dynamic, isn't it? It's interesting. It's still quite. It's still quite visceral, isn't it? It's got that. It's still got that MS twenty ish quality of sort of anything that articulates well from a vocal. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. I, I just love the idea of that. I mean, the, the concept of being able to use your voice to to actually go straight to source rather than have to sort of mumble an idea into a dictaphone and then remember what it was and then create in a synth yeah. or whatever it is. You know, that's quite liberating, mm -hmm. I'd imagine. Well, when I was in, I went. I took the resonator to Columbia. Um, there is this synth producer guru that lives in the mountains of Minka. And I was down there to, I was going down there to go see a Rolling Stones show. And like two weeks before I left, I found out that this guy exists and that he wanted to use the resonator. So I brought the resonator with me on my trip and it turned into like the most fun holiday I've ever been on. Um, but while I was down there, he introduced me to this band Sistema Solar and they had a demo song that they were working on called Que Paso. And they, when they were doing the demo, they didn't have a bass. So he just did the bass line, you know, just as scratch with his voice. And when I brought the resonator, he was like, well, let's just run my vocals through the, uh, like run the vocal track through the resonator. We started to do that. And he was like, oh no, 
let's run my, let's just do live vocals through it. And so the song wow. has his, his voice mm-hmm. is doing the baseline and it's the, I mean, it's my most favorite song and it's in the teaser video. It's on the page. I've listened to it 10,000 times. <laughs> it's oh, really, really cool. And it was Excellent. awesome to see mm-hmm. him do it live. And then when, when he turned everything off, I was asking, cause this was like one of my first times using the resonator or seeing it being used. And I was like, all those sounds, like some of those were pre-recorded, right? And they were like, no, that's all live. And I was blown away by it. Mm. Wow, fantastic, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, so what's next then? I mean, you've you've reached your first uh, goal on the uh, Kickstarter campaign, um, which which got there pretty quick. And so the yeah. next stage, when you get to your next bit, I'm just going to scroll up because I'm yeah. So you're at about fifty thousand bucks, and you were trying to get what thirty thousand dollars? I can't. I, that's, it's showing me in pounds. So hold on. Yeah. Yeah, thirty thousand. So you. That, so what's next? I mean, what what's the document? What's the next part of the journey? You know, what's the next phase? So I I set a thirty thousand dollar goal because I had no. I've never done a Kickstarter before, and I had no idea if this would be successful or if people would connect to it. And so I reached thirty thousand within the first week, which was awesome. Um, the thirty thousand and fifty thousand dollar goals get me to pretty much finish production on a super budget. Um, so that at least I know that I can, I can wrap fil- the filming aspect of this project. I have probably w- the rest of this year to film. And with this budget, I can stay on track to finish filming it. And I have more interviews that I want to film more musician demos that I want to do. And I want to build a song with one of my dad's heroes. I don't know who yet, but I have some ideas. Um, I want to make a tribute song to my dad using only the resonator and, and some vocals. Um, and so that's going to be a very expensive shoot because it's going to involve a lot of session players and musicians and a recording studio, and we're going to be producing and making a song. So that, that's what I want to film. And that's where the $50,000 milestone brings us to the 75,000 is something, um, that would allow me to introduce animation into the project. My dad was really interested in rotoscoping and like enhancing rotoscoping using computers. And he invented some code that allowed you to duplicate the rotoscoping process without having to do it manually. And he called it the animation station. I found a, a newspaper clipping talking about it. And so, um, I think just to keep in line with his vision, if I'm going to use animation, it should be animation that he was into. So the a $25,000 budget could allow me to get an, a pretty decent road. I mean, animation is so expensive. It's, oh, it's sure. insane. So it, you know, it would still be on a tight budget, but it would allow me the opportunity to at least incorporate a little bit of rotoscoping into the project, which um, will, it'll just really help to, to tell the story of the resonator and my dad through little bits and pieces of yeah. animation. And then the real goal is a hundred grand. That's what I've been setting my sights on since I started this campaign, because films are very expensive to make. You can obviously do it on a budget, but I want to release something that I'm proud of and I want a quality product and I want it to be film festival worthy. And I want it, I want production companies to, come knocking on my door wanting to help with this project. So I think um, that, you know, the, the more I can raise the, the higher quality product I can release. So I've got 21, 20 days left, I think. So I'm very hopeful. Well, I, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll try and get this edited up as quickly as possible, obviously to help with that. But uh... And also um, there was one thing I wanted to clear up. I was watching you and Jamie Liddell talk about the emails that I had sent him. 
Oh, right. Like you were, you were Skyping with him. So I had emailed him um, like three years ago and I was just telling him about the different models that I have. So this is the rack mount monophonic version. The thing he was talking about is the hexinator, which is not resurrected yet, but I want to resurrect it. It's the polyphonic version of the resonator. And it had six resonator boards in it and a oh, hex for a guitar, right? A, a Roland G707 board or whatever in it. And so that is, uh, I think I was telling him about it and he might've combined ah, okay. the two. So, um, yeah, so there's a, there's a, there's a hexinator that will eventually. So you've got the entire product range ready to go. You've got to make the, make the documentary. Then you release the, uh, the resonator and the hexinator and then, uh, who knows what, but thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, why, not? <laughs> why ever not? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways. If anybody's interested, there's a lot of ways to interact with the resonator on the rewards, like further down, you can book a studio session with it. I'll come to you. There's, um, you can send me your stems. I just had somebody send uh, by the, the resonate your stems reward where he's a mandolin player and he's going to send me his mandolin stem and I'm going to resonate it. And, um, and then there's Skype sessions and um, Grace Potter's doing a workshop in Los Angeles. So there's a lot of different ways that you can physically interact with the resonator or digitally interact with the resonator. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much it's been a pleasure and uh, lovely to have you on so i i hope that well now you've got the whole of your day ahead of you see i mean and there is one advantage to getting up early to fit in with uk time that means you you have the full day now i'm going, yeah. going back to bed <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much uh see you next time you. Do, you. do stay in touch as well and uh we'll, I'll, I'll be calling on you tara i'm coming for you on sonic talk i want I want to see you on there soon. Okay. Thank yeah, you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.